Welcome to the Old Fashioned Podcast, everyone. My name is Fon. And I'm Helen. Uh, and we've, uh, yeah, so we're doing, this is our little project uh, where we're going to do, uh, we're going to do a review or, is it, is it a review or is it a... We are going to discuss episode four in this podcast. Episode four, New Amsterdam. New Amsterdam. Yes. Uh, what did you think of this episode? I thought it was like they'd done a spin-off series for Pete Campbell. Wow, well, okay, okay, yeah, that's that's that. And it would much. be the most depressing spin-off series of all time. He was pretty much given the he was pretty much beaten around in this one, wasn't he? He had a hard time this episode. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go into it. Um so it all starts off with Pete and his friends in uh oh hang on before we go into that before we go into all that stuff i want to just talk about like what did you apart from it being about pete what did you actually think about it i know you've kind of only seen it once so like what did you no no well i've seen it twice once like 10 years ago oh yeah okay okay once today um so what did i think so i think the theme of this episode is very much kind of like it's it is the the whole thing is it's about appearances, isn't it? It's about how things appear versus what they're really like. Um and I also think it's 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 Pete's internal struggle. Wow. Um Interesting. Oh really? Yeah. Why is that interesting? Oh well, well I'll tell you. Do you, you not that. think he has an internal struggle? I'll tell you. I'll say. Oh, okay. You just think he's he's just putting it all out there. Well, we'll see. Um I I, I feel like as well, I think, you know, it's very Pete and Betty. It was kind of like the the underdog episode. It was, I feel it was like. like the most hated characters in the show episode. Yeah. People don't like either of those characters really. Um okay, so I think this episode so I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of recap what we've watched so far now, mm-hmm. and uh, and it all sort of it all sort of blends into the same thing. It all makes sense. So the first ep- the first episode we watched was basically the theme. I thought was from a very it's like an overview of the whole show. So it was all about like these people selling stuff and like and people living with that and how they kind of how it becomes like this drug that's kind of like you know put the whole of society to sleep in a in a weird sort of almost scientific kind of way uh sci- sci- sci-fi kind of way uh so that was that then we had the second episode which was ladies room which um which was the one with the with the psychic the psychology oh, yeah. the psychology room and like all that kind of stuff which is really cool i really liked that um and that was more about sort of you know um just psychology and just um psychology in general and kind of the 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 psyche the psyche of the human Mm -hmm. being and like how it kind of you know it starts off with the whole sort of that talk about hens and like you know um, roger talking about his childhood and all that kind of stuff and how he's like raised Mm -hmm. and it's all about like this kind of headspace of like how you're raised and how you think and how you sort of try to cover up those things uh and then the next episode after that was about sort of moving on from the body moving on from the mind and it's more about the mind and the body and how they work in conjunction with each other um you didn't really agree with that but (laughs) but that's kind of what i saw in that and it's kind of if you listen to that podcast you'll understand why uh and this one the third one is going further out further um is about the bonds between people and how people kind of interact with each other and how that's really important and how 
essentially, I think without even saying it, without really going into it too much, they this episode is about love. No, it's fucking <laughs> not. Oh my god, this episode is about everything but love. <laughs> like there is so little love in this episode. Okay. All right, fair enough. Um, I'll just shut you down. All right, okay. I'm I'm, shutting it down. I consider myself shut down. Okay, but good. we'll we shall see. Good. Um, okay, so this, so okay, so the episode starts off with them all sitting in this um, room and they're all laughing at this. Um, it's Pete's Bob, office, right? Pete's office, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're all laughing at this Bob Newhart um, record, right? I don't know who that is. Right, Bob Newhart. I looked this up on on Wikipedia. Yeah, I didn't. Bob Newhart is this um, stand-up comedian. And he's got this really famous bit, which is kind of like um, Abe Lincoln. It's like it's called Abe Lincoln versus Madison Avenue, right? And it's basically him pretending to be Madison Avenue, sort of speaking to Abe Lincoln, right? Right. And it's it's not that funny. I don't think it's that funny. But the idea, the point is, he's famous for doing these bits where he would play someone on a phone. And he'd play the straight man and the funny man, and you'd kind of like by himself. So he'd be oh, like okay. doing the whole thing on his own. Wow. Um, and so, like, that's kind of, I think that's basically what they're saying about Pete is he kind of, he wants to do everything on his own. Right? Yeah. Uh, and you see him with all his mates in there. And um, then they go out of there. So that's I think that's that's setting up the the episode. It's mm. sort of like saying like Pete is kind of like this lone sort of person who just wants to be kind of the man. Um <clears throat> and then Trudy turns up and he looks a bit sort of freaked out, right? Yeah, because what is his wife like if my boyfriend just turned up at work, I'd be like, What? I what guess, are you doing? I guess there is it's really weird because like I gotta say, like, I know you really like Joan. I think my favorite woman on the episode on the show is Trudy. <laughs> so yeah, I mean she like because we haven't really seen her until this episode. No, this no. is like the first time that we really sort of start to get to know her. Yeah, um, and it's like I think his reaction is almost like he's been caught out. Yeah, it's almost like she's his mum. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. And like, so he's he's in his garage, you know, he's got his record player on or whatever, you know, they're having a good time. He goes out, oh crap, his mum's figured out that he's not working hard. He's actually sitting in his office listening to records with his mates. Yeah, yeah, And it's kind of like... And she even says to them, "Um, you're all boys together. No, did she say you're all... No, she says only the men or something, doesn't she? Mm. And um, before that, before that scene starts, the... The, we see the camera pan across the office and yeah, every, yeah. everyone in the office is like female ah, and, I didn't pick up on that and then she fit yeah and then she goes into the room and it's like and it's just these guys laughing at this thing yeah and you're right they he does come across as a bit of a, a child doesn't he well he, as soon as she gets there and I think it's like a thing because this is what I mean about this episode it's all about Pete trying to be a man yeah. and it's like there's all these women who are just basically and other people who are just emasculating him like the whole way through so his wife comes to take him out for lunch like come on this is the 1960s that's kind of embarrassing yeah yeah, um so yeah it's it's an interesting twist where she's she's sort of i mean it's a trick isn't it really yeah it's a trick but it's it's one of those where it's the expectation of the newlyweds the married he's kind of 
probably i think is that a lot of what we're thinking about here is is what's not necessarily said and well, for what we've seen in other episodes of like how he talks about his wife mm. and suddenly she's in that space mm. and suddenly it's like oh god i can't behave like that <laughs> anymore because she's right there she's come into this space that was previously belonged to him and he has to be like yeah it has to be all different he does mm. yeah um i think uh, there's interesting it's interesting when don comes over and um, speaks to Trudy and he says, um, I think we're almost as happy to have him as you are. And so I feel like it's kind of weird. It's hard to talk about these episodes without giving spoilers for later on in the episode. But so I'm going to have to just talk about it. Um, I feel like this episode as well, you've got three people who are, who kind of, who were supposed to, you got three different groups of people that are supposed to look after Pete. You've got his parents, you've got his wife, and you've got the company. And it's like, who is giving him what he needs? And I think that's what kind of Don's saying there is like, I think we're almost as happy to have him as you are. And really, like, Trudy, like, the reason I like Trudy so much is when I first watched it, I thought Trudy was like this really shrill kind of like, really sort of bossy kind of wife and like just like giving him stick all the time but she's so supportive and she's so nice all the time without you know any kind of like for no reason because he's like an absolute dick and um yeah she just seems to be like the perfect wife does that make any sense well i mean she did fall hook line and sinker for don drake but like straight away like yeah. every other woman does yeah. i mean it was that total to- he has, I think he has, I think that was, that scene is more about, you know, how we've discussed in the past that Pete wants to be like Don. And yeah. I feel like that is almost his two worlds colliding, whereas it's like, if Don wanted, yeah. he could take her in a second. Do <laughs> you think? I think so. so I, th- I think it's about, um, so I think Don is, Don is this kind of, she, she says like, um, he's nice. He's he's so nice, not at all what I imagined. So you kind of like it's that thing again of like, you know, Pete is this um, Pete's pretending to be this this grown up man. And he's getting this idea of it, and like, um, uh, Trudy has this idea of what Don is going to be like, mm. and obviously he doesn't ha- he doesn't live up to that at all in any way, shape, or form. It's not the fantasy that she expects him to be. He, also going back to this idea of love and bonds and kind of like so <laughs> I'm going to try and explain why I think this episode's about love right so the episode is really about um how things fit into place right, right? it's it's called new amsterdam named which is the name the early name of new york right mm-hmm. when new york was being built and New York was built by all these like workers, all these like um, people who knew what their place was in society. They knew what they had to do. So they kind of had to fit into this mold and they had to, that was what they had to do to sort of like, to bring um, New York to, to, the, to the city it is. Mm. So if you were like a guy who had to do the plumbing, that was your job, that was your role. You had to be a plumber. If you were a bricklayer, you had to, you had to, and you, wherever you worked in the city, that's where, that's where you had to be. That's where you stationed and you knew your place. Mm. So everything kind of has a point. Everything has a, a role to play to make this city what it is, right? Mm. So, um, with that in mind, um, 
the idea of I can't remember where I, I can't remember where I got there now, but the idea that that Pete is Pete is this cog in this wheel, and 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 um, Don's this cog in this wheel, and Don has this role to play, and I feel like Trudy would have expected Don from all the stories, and because he's uh, Pete's boss, to be this very stern, very kind of like angry bossy kind of guy and obviously when she meets him he's just like smiling and he's being really nice and it's kind of like it's a bit of a shock Mm. it's not at all what she expected because it's not the role that she expected him to play so that's the first start of that so that's that's the first that's how you go into this idea of like what this is about and why it's about love as well because essentially as human beings when we're kids we have these um our parents are supposed to play these roles in our lives. They're supposed to give us this thing to help us grow into like, you know, functioning adults, like normal functioning adults. And the more screwed up that is, the more screwed up we become, right? Um, And I feel like that's kind of what this episode is kind of pointing towards slowly. Okay. (laughs) Um, So yeah, how, how are you feeling about that, Scully? Um... So I think the 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 sort of metaphor of the city yeah. and how that relates to the characters, there's something in that. Okay. I'll give you that one. I'll <laughs> give right. you that one because okay. I mean I've thought a lot about that. I mean I think that conversation that is the, at the very end of the episode yeah. is really what that's all about. Okay, okay, um, okay. Because you got to remember that, like, and and what's really interesting, and you know, I guess we're going to move on to the. Um, advert soon but I think you know what's really interesting is in the last episode we were talking about the VW cars and how they were changing advertising and how things change and people people don't like change and as much as Don almost isn't in the episode it's Pete that represents the change yeah but nobody else really wants him to sort of change change yeah that's the thing is it's it's almost like he he is trying to be done but he you're right he's trying to be everything he's trying to be this episode is all about he how he he wants to be but i think because he's trying to be good at everything he's good at nothing i think that's that that's the point of this episode is that he's not a good he's not the conventional good husband because his wife turns up to take him out to lunch and has to pay for his (laughs) shit you know he's not the good son for whatever reason because he's not doing what his father wanted to do he's he's not good at anything and this episode for me is all about pete trying to find out find what he's good at and then he kind of touches upon something in a small way and everyone like shits all over him <laughs> because that's not how you find yourself. This. And I think that's, you know, yeah, it comes back to a lot of that stuff about roles. Again, I'm not following the whole love thing. <laughs> I mean, I think. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, you still got a bit of work to do. Convince me on that. Okay, so to be honest, that is kind of it is tentative. I think it's there. I don't think it, I don't think that's explicitly what it's, I think. It's, I think it's more about bonds, but. All right, well, let's let's move on. So, yeah, so Trudy and Pete go to the new flat. Um, Yeah, I didn't really know what to say about this one, really. It's kind of... um, uh, They go to this this flat, and I guess the big thing I got out of this was um, the talk of, like, getting help and the talk of they they want to buy this place, but they need to get a a mortgage. 
Um, and that's like at the very bare minimum. But then on top of that, they talk about going to their parents and all this kind of stuff. And it's just kind of just this idea of help and just kind of like not doing it on your own as well. So like, I think, so there's two things to the episode. So there's this idea of like, um, every, we're all part of this network of people. Uh, and within, when you're in that network of people, it's very hard to break out of that role. So this is kind of, this is, I think this, this, this scene is basically setting that up. So it's like, you can't do things on your own. But to me, it's not. To me, this this section says the problem with P is that he doesn't have a role. Everyone projects a role onto him, but then doesn't expect him to fill it. What Trudy does is a classic woman's move. Right, okay. So she's seen this apartment. She wants this apartment, but she is the woman, right? Right, She doesn't get to make these big decisions. Okay. So she thinks, I'm going to take him on his lunch break. I'm going to sell it to him. Mm. And I can sell it to him better than a real estate agent because I have an emotional connection. Right. And if I want it, he's going to want to give it to me because that is what husbands do, right? Right, okay. But don't get me wrong, she knows that they he can't afford it on his salary. She knows that. Yeah. So she's doing it as a way to be like, so she's almost like, she's got the carrot, she's dangling the carrot and he's like, no, I want to be a man. I want to be able to buy, buy it myself okay. that's what i want to do and she totally ignores him and <sighs> is like no we can ask for help like we can do this like people are gonna help us out like it's fine like you don't need to worry about it oh, yeah. but to him but to him she is taking his role away from him wow. and that is that is where we he starts to lose himself because he's sort of like he it's almost like to anyone else they've gone to an apartment she liked it. He got it for her. Yeah. What's wrong with that picture? But underneath, he actually does nothing to get that apartment. But, nothing. But that's what I mean. So he's still, he's still part. That's what. So she's using that idea of that sort of network of people fitting roles to kind of get him to buy the the, the flat, right? So it's still him, sort of. Even though he's not actually fulfilling the role. It's still him sort of trying to fulfill that role. It's still him sort of buying into the idea that that's his, that's what he should be doing. Yeah, but he doesn't stand his ground. He doesn't say, no, Trudy, we're not getting the apartment. He sort of goes, because he knows he, he wants to give it to her, yeah. but he also can't give it to her. And that's, that's the problem with him in a lot of this episode. Okay. I think we're saying the same thing, but possibly but we're kind possibly. of coming from different, different places. words. Yeah. Um, uh, so, anyways, so I, I find that a lot of this episode, like, so I kind of I've watched. I usually put a lot more effort into watching these. I mean, you've you've only watched it once, and you're kind of like coming up with way more stuff than I. It must be that that um, that master's degree. Must be that media studies degree. <laughs> um, I can't. So I kind of like for me, like for instance, the next scene, I. Don't know what to make of it, really. What about the Rachel thing? Yeah, but I think there's a, so I think the se- the next sequence, which you know goes up to as far as um, probably uh, Helen's ex husband outside a house. Yeah, I mean I think it's all about people not really knowing each other, and it's very much a it's it's sort of like so he sees a it he shouldn't be there, he knows that he's he's trying to 
make her think of him and all this sort of thing she still flatly rejects him oh. and it's like so she you know it's almost like he's sort of te- going in there testing the water trying to almost he's he that's his peak moment of the episode guess, where he uh, thinks he's going in and he knows what he's doing but yeah. he doesn't get anywhere with it well she's, think, at one point she says she says what, what are you doing and he's like i don't know well exactly <laughs> she, but he's trying to it's very much like i think that's almost the echo that Although we have this idea that Don Draper is this really accomplished, like everyone has that reputation of him. Yeah. It's not necessarily true because people don't know, understand what's going on underneath. And, you know, and that kind of goes um, to the point where, you know, you see uh, the ex-husband outside yeah. Helen's house. It's the same thing. And Betty's walking along with the dog and he's like, can I use your phone? And she says, she's something like, no, I don't let strange men in my house. And it's like a couple of episodes ago, she was asking Don Draper while he was asleep who the fuck he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's but... like, so she does let strange men in the house, yeah, yeah. but she knows that she shouldn't let strange men in the house. Right. And it's acceptable for Don because he's got a ring on his finger. This yeah. other guy doesn't. Um, yeah. You know, it's a very... I think there's a lot of, perhaps one of the themes of this is strangers rather than network. Mm. It's actually about the fact that do we actually really know each other at all or are we just making assumptions? Well, I was going to say, that's really interesting that you say that about um, Don trying to get back into, because what I, what I got from, from um, Don meeting Rachel, and the only thing I really could get out of that scene was the fact that they're, so there's this thing of like business, right? So um, the only reason a lot of these people talk to each other, in fact, a lot, all of them maybe, is for business. Like there's, like you know why you're there. The excuse, the reason that people, the, even the reason, so like later on when we see um, Pete speaking to his dad, mm. there's like a business incentive there. It's like he's trying to basically get money for the flat for the house right yeah and also um trudy does it a lot more successfully with her parents but then it's kind of nailed later on when you see that um walter the guy from uh from bethlehem uh steel uh and they go to that um they go to the meeting with the girls Mm -hmm. and pete calls them his cousins Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like that family connotation of how like you use family to kind of get what you want so that's what i got from that um i got that don that that rachel is now sort of like not letting don in because there is no there's no reason for business anymore like they've they've kind of severed um severed ties and it's kind of like seeing marriage almost as a business Mm. um so when that guy is trying to get into the house that makes a lot of sense that she won't let him in because they divorced mm. um also just as you were talking about that now it just kind of hit me that um when the best part of the episode happens um when glenn goes into the <laughs> like, i think we should save it okay okay all right okay. i have a lot to say about right. well i, have, okay. I actually don't have a lot to say about it but i have a big reaction for right. that okay, for that okay. moment because um, I, I think that's really it's literally just you talking about that now it just kind of hit me what that was actually about anyway so moving on uh what are we doing next um betty reading the end of the story oh yes so betty reading the end of the story to the kids that's kind of interesting so what well, well it's kind of and pulling I, a face i feel like it's it's like the whole it kind of sums up the whole episode the whole show where it's about the the, the story is basically about this king whose kind of life should be happy and perfect and then 
all that um, um, the the daughter Sally wants to do is like listen to it again. So, like she's not happy with the ending. It's just mm. like I want to hear it again. Mm. I want the same thing again. I'm I'm, I'm not satisfied by that. And then um, then um, Betty tells her that um, her dad will come and talk to her in the morning. Which I, I just found it, like a small thing, but I just thought that was interesting. Um, what one thing I do want to ask is, um, so so we'll skip we'll skip the whole Helen and the husband thing because we've already spoken about that. Um, but when Helen visits Betty, what's really interesting about this is um, Betty kind of lies to her like loads of times. Yeah, and I don't. Well, I, I kind of do. I've got an idea about why that is, but what do you think that is? Um, well, it's because Betty's a gossip and she doesn't want to accept that she's a gossip. Right. And I feel like... The thing is, I think Helen and Betty are like, you've got two totally polar opposites there. Mm. Like, Helen is almost Betty's worst nightmare. Antithesis. Yeah, like she doesn't she the idea of being divorced the idea of like raising yeah. a child on your own the idea of like not making tea for someone and yeah. like even like when they go in her house and she's like oh no it's fine when it's clearly <laughs> messy yeah. um but so i think that's that's you know helen is everything that she sort of doesn't understand and right. doesn't want to be okay um but at the same time I think she also doesn't want Helen to think of her the way that she knows that Helen thinks about her. I think she knows that Helen thinks about her as being this wishy-washy housewife with pretty hair and pretty dresses who makes dinner every night. Well, that's interesting, sir, because I was, as I was watching this uh, last night, I was, it kind of struck me that, you know, we were talking about in ladies' room, the idea of accessories um, being this this way of covering up the most sort of sacred part of the, or the most sort of uh, intimate part of yourself mm-hmm. and sort of like you know almost like an armor um, and it kind of hit me that um, Helen works in a jeweler's. Does she? Yeah. How do you know that? It says it. She says like she works in a jewelry store. Oh. Um, it kind of makes sense that she'd be this kind of because she's this, she's perfectly sort of set up. She looks like really in control. Obviously, she's just been divorced. She's not actually going to be like that, right? Or am I just kind of is that wrong? But I think maybe she. I, I don't know. I mean, at the moment, I don't feel like Helen isn't daunted by anything. Like she, she doesn't can... know. She doesn't seem daunted by everything. I think I think she's okay, you know. Oh. I might be wrong. I mean, next episode maybe she'll have a mental breakdown, but <laughs> I think Helen is okay because she knows who she is. Hmm. She knows what's happened to her. She knows that people are judging her and she can accept that. However, Betty doesn't know that people are judging her. She doesn't know that you know, she she acts the way that she acts because she doesn't want anyone to judge her or to worry or or any of that sort of stuff yeah true but i still think i still think that helen can be you know she's she's in a divorce she's kind of like even when the guy is knocking on the door she comes over and she's like really embarrassed and she's you know there's there's going to be issues there she's hiding not hiding but she's she's coping with things she has to kind of she still has these feelings inside her it's like it's not she's not like a, a total like super what's the word um uh mary she's not like a mary suit she's still a human being right she's got like um but you don't know the story behind that i mean i sometimes 
I think it's, I think there was an element, particularly back in those days when you were supposed to marry and you were supposed to do all these things. Yeah. And it's like, is Betty happy in her marriage? Oh, God, no, no. No, right? No. Is Helen happy being divorced? Probably not completely, but perhaps she is happier. Yeah, totally, totally. But that's what I mean. I feel like that's the point is I feel like with um, um, Helen working in a jewellery store, the, the idea is that, not that she's like a mess underneath it all, but she's kind of managing to deal with a lot of stuff. And I think that's what the jewellery store means, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Let's leave that. Um, what was I going to say? So, yeah, so the lies. What what I got from the lies. And uh, I don't know if this is true, but for me, the li- So, one of the things that happens in around this scene where um, Helen and Betty are talking is uh, Helen says, uh, Betty says something. She's talking about, she's talking about um, the house that they live in. And then Don comes through the door. Oh, yeah. And Don, and then um, Don, and then he just says hello and then goes straight upstairs. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Betty says, um, about Don uh, he works so hard and it's kind of like to me he does work really hard but he works really hard at lying right he puts a lot of effort into covering up who he actually is and who he actually is is this it's kind of hard to say without spoiling it but he's well put, put it this way he's not Don Draper he's um, Dick Whitten Dick Whitman which mm-hmm. we kind of we've we know um and i find i feel like part of lying is this it's almost like again it's that thing of a you're not fitting into this you're not allowing yourself to be fitting into a role you're not fitting into the role that you'd want to be in and you're not fitting into a role that you wouldn't want to be in you're just kind of trying to avoid it Mm -hmm. and also it's lying to get lying to to get the spotlight off you is kind of it's like it's like a very childlike thing to do do you agree yeah i mean yeah kind of i mean i I, yeah i I agree that that's what that's about i think that betty doesn't want helen to look at her marriage and see that it's not as perfect as it appears on the surface i think i think that's but what's interesting is helen calls her out on her lies yeah she she does does. but she doesn't call her out on that one yes because she understands okay i imagine i imagine she understands because at some point in her life she probably was betty and i think that's why she chooses betty because i think she can see it like when you've been through something Mm like that you know and someone else you can see someone else going through it and you're like i wish i could help you but i know that the only person who can help you is you yeah and i think it's 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 a step too far sometimes to be to be that cruel to to call betty out and be like you know i can see this thing that you're trying so desperately to hide yeah it's too cruel well what's what's interesting after that without helen doesn't really she like she said like you say she doesn't call her out on it but she does say um, when Don goes upstairs, she says, "Well, I have to get back to my kids now," um, and it kind of insinuating that Don is a kid, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Which I kind of, I thought was kind of really subtle. I don't know how this this episode to me is like really, really. It wasn't written by um, um, Matthew Weiner, um, so it kind of feels a bit different to mm. the other episodes, and that's kind of t- um, it's really, really obvious to me. Um, but anyway, so. 
yeah so when when helen says i have to get back to my kids uh, we cut to the scene of pete yeah and um and pete's just about to ask his parents for money so oh the classic going to see the parents for some money yeah so this is uh, there's loads of stuff in this that kind of again so i feel like we need to add a new kind of section right in this in this show right because i realize that if i'm gonna like i i go through these shows i try to work out every scene and every line every single line has double meanings and it's all mm-hmm. kind of like weird but the fact of the matter is that's impossible i'm never gonna be able to do that right right um so i'm what i'm saying is when we finally do get the twitter up Mm-hmm. We need to have a section where we call it um, questions that go unanswered. Okay. Maybe we'll come up with a better name. I don't know. But, um, the questions idea... that go unanswered. <laughs> the, the, the questions. So what we should, what we need to end up doing is like at the end of each episode, maybe we'll just come up with like instead of like because a lot of people do things like where they talk about foreshadowing and like what's going to happen in the future and like and all that and I kind of really boring. But, like, the idea of, like, all these things that we don't actually understand, like... You remember, like, The Fly? That oh, we yeah. Couldn't really, we couldn't really nail what it was. Yeah. It's stuff like that where you're just kind of like, well, I don't really know how that hangs in, hangs into the episode. So this is, like... This scene for me is, like, an, uh, it's full of stuff where I don't really understand it. Like, the fact that um, da, his dad says um, that Pete's job is no job for a white man, which kind of, like... I didn't understand where that came from. Well, I kind of do. Oh, I think okay. it's like, I think what they're saying is, so as I understand it, and I can't remember, the Campbells and the Dykeman. Dykeman, yeah. Dykeman's, yeah. So as I understand it, they were big on property. Yep. They owned a lot. I don't know if they owned a lot of city, but anyway, they made their money through property, through, mm-hmm. through building, through... Something like that, where you're construction, something, something yeah, manly, something tactile, exactly. Right, yeah. So that was like how originally, like you say, when when New Amsterdam was around, probably it was much more of a manual kind of like it wasn't so much about thinking and interpretation and what we're doing right now. Yeah. It wasn't about any of that stuff. It was about who's built the tight the tallest skyscraper and who you know who's got the fanciest restaurant and like that kind of stuff like physical things that you could see that you could hold and touch and i think that's such a big thing in this episode it's about that whole like what you can see right yeah okay and and pete's dad can't see advertising because he doesn't understand it right it's like to him it's a piece of paper i mean even in the in the pitch um what's the bloke's name who who oh walter walter yeah He's like, even he even says like, oh, it's a bit small, it's a bit flat or yeah. something like that. Like those men were the men that liked to see it. Like they like big. They thought bigger was better. Something they you could hold in your hand. Exactly. Okay. So it's like, I, I mean, I don't necessarily get the race reference. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, um, that's the bit I was going to comment. But I just sort of feel a little bit like. I think what he's saying is it's not really a job at all. Like sitting in an office yeah. and thinking all day. I get that. I get. I get that. I just mean. I just mean like what? What's the underlining mean? Like what, for him? Because like for him to specifically say it's no job for a white man. It's kind of. I don't know. It's almost like so. Let's think about this. So a, a job for, if it's not a job for a white man, it's a job for a black man. 
And if it's a job for a black man, then, you know, at that time, they would have, like, black people would have just got out of the civil rights movement. So it would have been, black people would have been seen as kind um, what's the word, uh, subservient to white people, yeah. right? So, and I feel that's kind of what he's saying there. Like, something about, something about, um, Peach job is quite a subservient thing. It's like almost like he's well, he is he is working for the white man. That's that's maybe what it is because he is working for the Walters of the world. Yeah, that's what he does. Is he does he serves? He works for the Walters. Mm. He comes up with things. He asks their approval of things. He mm. isn't actually in charge of anything. No, like, he doesn't not, have he? any real power. Yeah, and or real money like he like he's, we've just discussed he's dependent on his monthly wage and yeah. you know he thinks he talks about things in like mortgages and yearly salaries and stuff like that he does doesn't he whereas so I think it's about that I think it's about it's no job for a white man because it's not a powerful job and but, it's not a, it's not an act yeah, and like you said before it's like it's not a role it's not like it's not a convincing sort of like thing that you actually like a he's not a bricklayer he's not like a he's not like a plumber he's not like a you know plasterer he's kind of he's not fixing or building he doesn't actually have a job he doesn't have a role mm. he's just kind of their part of society mm-hmm. and yeah so his dad wouldn't respect that because it's not something that he understands correct and I guess that kind of plays into the chat that Don and uh, Roger have later on but we'll get to that we'll get to that we'll get to um, that okay yeah that's cool. Yeah, but again, so I mean, for me, the main theme of this scene was poor old Pete, clearly not the favourite son. Yeah. Clearly not fulfilling the role that he was supposed to do as a son. Clearly not in the role that he's supposed to be, according to his father, professionally. Yeah. This is, again, Pete being emasculated because he is unworthy. It's almost like the money... The money is interesting because the money, perhaps this is where your love comes in. The money mm. represents love. And, and and Pete's response when he's like, his dad's like, no, don't don't think I'm going to do that. Okay. No. And Pete's like, why? You paid for my brother's like fix up his knee or something yeah, 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 when, he, yeah. when he did something stupid. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like, that. I think that's what it is. It's like Pete's always trying to be this person mm. who has done it the right way. Like, he got married, despite the fact that he clearly wasn't ready to get married. Like, he's in this office environment, even though he's clearly not ready for the role that he's in. Mm -hmm. But it's like, he's been put, he's found himself there. But it's like, he can't convince anyone who's around him that he's worthy of that thing. Yeah. Well, so, when I was kind of watching this, um, there was like three things that I thought the episode was about, right? So, I thought the episode was basically about family is business um the infantilized unguided characters so the so so like you know um uh pete's infantilized he doesn't have like any strong parental sort of guidance or anything so he's kind of like floundering around trying to find a role betty the same thing where she's kind of like she's almost like a child literally like a child Mm -hmm. at one point which we'll get into and then there's don who's kind of like for reasons which we haven't learned yet, is also like a child and doesn't have the strong parental guidance. Um, and and then, yeah, and then sort of the, that all sort of feeds into this idea of systems that are finally tuned. And if those systems aren't tuned properly, 
all things can go wrong and that's why you get infantilized children that's why you get families as businesses and um parents or kids going over to their parents asking for money and sort of like and then how you get that money is depends on how you can work it and how you can kind of um, negotiate and Mm -hmm. that's when it becomes a business so the idea that you were saying just now about how um pete can't sort of uh how you know love is is money Mm -hmm. is kind of how it all leads into that does that make sense am i kind of just waffling i feel like i'm just waffling (laughs) um but the idea that um like you're saying that it's almost like when he he's quite happy to give money to his brother who ran someone over and but pete cannot sort of negotiate that because he doesn't know how to because he doesn't have the skills he doesn't have he, 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 well, he does have the skills, but he doesn't have the skills with his own father, strangely enough. Because when you think about it, um, he does have the skills to kind of like take someone like, say, Walter uh, and sort of like sweet talk him into accepting his ideas and sort of and all that kind of thing. So you so can do it with people that aren't his family, but you can't actually do it with people that are his family, which I think is a bit weird. Anyway, moving on. There's this little scene where Pete's telling Trudy that he didn't get the money. It's it's an echo of the Betty situation, it isn't is, it? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it a total is. echo. The two of them echo each other throughout this episode, and you know that it's it's the classic. She is understanding because, but she is understanding because she's she's allowed him to try, and she'll allow him to fail yeah. because she already has an answer. I guess, yeah. That's what. That's why. So I mean, she's not mad. When you say it's an echo of the Betty situation, what do you mean? Well, it's an echo in that she... So, Betty lies because she doesn't want Helen to know what's really going on. And Pete lies because he doesn't want his wife to know what's really going on. But I think both of them already really know what's going on. But if he told the truth, how would that be different? Like, what would? how do you think that would play out if he said to... um, if he said to 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 Trudy, um, um, I asked my dad for money and he's not going to give it to me. I guess that's kind of it's the it's but it's the, it's the perfection of the image, isn't it? It's the perfection of I live in this, um, I have this perfect husband and we have this lovely house and you know up upstate and like all this sort of stuff. And for Pete, that's very much like I am part of this you know well known family in New York and it's like this is you know it, it's that thing of he can't. He doesn't want to. Betty doesn't want to break the image of her per, her perfect marriage, and he doesn't want to break this. The the only thing that he can cling on to, which is his his name, which is his father, interestingly brings up. Yeah, and you know he says, you know, I gave you everything. I gave you your name. Yeah. And what have you done with it? And all, well, basically, what you're describing is is shame, right? He yeah, he's he's ashamed that his parents aren't going to give him the money because they love him. Absolutely, and that kind of ties into everything everything in this in this show like literally everything so that's kind of oh that's it's good that we're having this chat (laughs) um um, okay so this is okay this is where my whole theory about love comes flying into the frame right so this is the meeting the next bit is the meeting with um uh don this is pitch meeting with uh what they called um bethlehem steel right right and um so don's trying to make this trying to sell Bethlehem Steel and the guy Walter is kind of not too happy with it because Mm -hmm. he's saying that basically 
you're not really focusing on you're not focusing on our product you're focusing it's almost like our product you're not using our product as a commodity it's focusing more on the cities um when really what they want to be focusing on is the bond that makes the city this is the material is what's underneath it's yeah it's what's underneath it's what but it's to me it's kind of so um Bethlehem steel it's not necessarily what's underneath it's what's like holding it all together well maybe you're right maybe no, no, I, well that's interesting because you could interpret that in two, in two totally different ways oh, yeah. and the way i interpret it is is everyone in the whole episode is is thinking about the city mm-hmm. that, like even at the end when but very end when Pete's like looking out in his new apartment over the beautiful Manhattan skyline everyone's thinking about the city mm. and everyone focuses on that the image what's there what they can see yeah, right okay, okay. and I think what they should all be focusing on is what is actually underneath what's underneath yeah. and what's what it's made of not necessarily what holds it up right, but okay. to me what's what's truly there okay but it's not done that way like and that that's the thing is is everyone thinks about the vision but mm. nobody thinks about it's like it's like they, there's the painting but nobody thinks about the paint or the or how it yeah, was, yeah, yeah they... you know, it's that it's very it's like he's gone into this meeting and he's like right well you're showing me a finished picture okay okay but you're not showing me what it's made what it's what's underneath yeah what's that's what's important which is really the message of the whole episode that everyone ignores right okay continuously because they don't think that that is what is going to sell something in in an effective way it doesn't sell a marriage it doesn't sell uh you know a good family it doesn't sell but the the image does so it's less so okay so you're saying it's less about um because for me it is about what's not necessarily maybe uh, holding things together is kind of not exactly what I mean but like the reason I say love is because the what what kind of holds these people in the same place what 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 gives um Pete's dad kind of the the effects that he has on Pete and what messes up um Don Don is this kind of uh, lack of love or lack of kind of affection from people that they should get it from, which is the older people. But, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm reaching and it's not specifically about love and it maybe is more about kind of what's underneath all that and kind of, yeah. Maybe. It's like who you are, isn't it? It's, 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 your, it's your internal versus your external. And it's right. the difference is, you know, who you are when you walk into a meeting room full of executives, yeah. who you are when you go home. And it's like these people have constructed... And that's an important word. Right. They've constructed a, a vision of themselves okay. that is New York, but really, they're Amsterdam. That you know, what's underneath is New Amsterdam. That's right. to me. Uh, it's like New you. Amsterdam is the building of something, okay, okay. and New York is the finished product. Nice. So that's yeah, and it's like I think what what Walter's getting at, and he is kind of I kind I kind of like he's a bit of a dick, but right. you know he's kind of smart. But I think what he's getting at is right. Is is it's it's lazy to look at something and and not not go well. What's underneath that? Or right. you know what is you know you who buys steel? Yep. 
you know, what do the people who buy steel want from steel? Right, okay, okay. And do they want to have a holiday brochure picture? Or do, do they, they want, want pictures of steel? Do they want to know, well, do they want to know how strong it is? Do they yeah, want to know how durable it is? Do you want to know, you know, those sort of questions. Like they want it, someone wants to know how honest you are, how, you know, reliable you are, how yeah. loving you are. Okay. But no one wants to display that information. Yeah, yeah. All right, wow, okay. So it's all hidden. Cool. Anyway, I spent ages re watching these episodes. You watched it once. It's so unfair. Um, well, I do write books, everyone. <laughs> um, Pete and Don argue about roles. This is kind of interesting. I like this bit. So, this is where uh, Pete does his line. So, it's like a really famous line where he says, like, I invented. I came up with direct. Oh my writing. god, I love that so much. I was like, oh my god, I if the number of times I've thought of something and then found out it already existed, like if I'd known that would make me that you know I'm that smart. But that line's kind of cool because it's like it's again it's, it points to everything about the show where about the episode where he cut he came up with it himself, mm. like it's his thing, but then. Obviously, it's been used by all these other people. It's, like, been honed by bunches and, like, groups of people and sort of, like, whole teams of people have, like, made it what it is. It's made it direct marketing. Not only that, it's direct marketing, which is cutting out part of, you know, part of a process of people. So it's, like, you know, instead of going to a shop uh, or, or instead of, like, um, marketing to everybody, you're marketing to just one person. You're just sending the, the mail to that one person. It's mm -hmm. kind of... And it's kind of, again, that whole thing of roles and kind of where we all fit and um, networks of people and how that all works. Does that make sense? Am I yeah. Kind of, yeah, okay, cool. Um, yeah, so that, I, I feel like that's kind of... It's one of those things that... What I love about the show is, like, you can have, like, funny lines like that that mean more, way more than kind of you'd, you know, initially think. I just think it's really cool how they do it. I don't know how people do that. That's kind of... To me, it's like it's almost like art. It's like it's not art, but like poetry, where it kind of yeah. everything kind of blends into itself. But it must take forever. I think Pete's has a good few. There's a good couple of lines in there for Pete because I also like the line where he talks about how they put him in in charge of people, or, yeah. or they, oh, they said, yeah. "Oh, you're good with people," yeah. but nobody's ever told me that. Before. No, so it's and he's not good with people. No. He sucks with people. But they put him in this role. They put him in this role, and, and he knows that he doesn't know how to kind of move around there it's like that's not what he wants to do but that's the thing is they've put him in a role because I feel like he doesn't really know where he belongs and it's coming back to that whole like yeah. he's trying to be good at everything yeah. and he's trying to beat everyone it's but true. he then ends up being good at nothing and beating nobody yeah yeah so yeah the struggle is real um, yeah sure is <laughs> um, so uh, Helen calls Betty to babysit um, so so yeah so this is so Again, this goes back to this, uh, the idea of um, especially Don being a child because uh, when Helen calls Betty, she's basically doing everything. She's like running around. You can see her, so she's all sort of like panicking, sort of like cooking and sort of running around the kitchen and Don's in the living room just like drawing, basically. Looking at a piece of paper, <laughs> yeah. Just drawing. And, um, and there's like in that scene... Uh, just towards the end of it, the did you hear the advert that was playing? No. So the advert is basically two kids trying to um, trying to mop the floor with lemonade, and it's that's <laughs> just and, and as as that's playing, she says she uh, Betty looks at um, Betty looks at Don, and she's kind of like something about they'll be okay while I'm 
she, uh, she Helen says that they're going to be okay, and she she looks at Be- uh, Don and goes, "Yeah, I think they're going to be okay." And then the advert's playing in the background, oh. and he's like playing, he's like sort of like scribbling on his little notepad. And, like, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think clearly saying that Don is a bit of a child. Um, I wrote something else here. It says, uh, "It's what people are talking about." Uh, yeah, oh, and also with that as well, Betty is, um, at one point Betty says, it's what people have told, like, she says oh, something about, so when Helen phones her up, she says, uh, are you okay to come round? And then Betty says something along the lines of, yes, that's what I do kind of thing. Mm. So she's kind of, again, this like, idea of a role that she's kind of been put into that she she doesn't necessarily love. You can kind of tell. Oh my god, she so hates it. (laughs) She doesn't want to be. She doesn't want to be in that role, but that's kind of what she has to do, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of interesting. Fun fact: I have never ironed a single thing in my entire life. Really? Mm -hmm. I'm actually quite surprised about. I don't iron. Wow. If it needs ironing, (laughs) you just stick it in the bathroom and have a hot shower. Fair enough. (laughs) Save save some time. I've ironed, but you do find yourself thinking, "Why did I bother doing that?" Um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's the one last thing as well. Um, Betty, uh, Betty's kind of, she's such a child, right? She doesn't even, she's such a child. A, she's such a child. And B, she's so sort of linked to Don that she says, when talking about voting, she says, um, I'm not sure who we're voting for as opposed to I'm not sure who I'm voting for. Mm. Which is kind of, a very kind of childish thing to do to sort of like not have your own volition basically you're not kind of but that's the that was the way of the world then it was but even so i think that's making the point of like children basically do what they're told right yeah and that's what again it's what the episode is about is about people doing what they're told not sort of picking their own sort of way to go mm-hmm. i feel like um pete yeah he's trying to do all these different things but essentially, because he, like you say, he doesn't really have something that he's good at or something that he can pick out as his thing. He just does what he's told, basically. And, yeah. and that comes up later on as well. Um, but let's go back to Pete and Trudy and their dinner with Trudy's parents, um, <laughs> which is kind of, it's really bad because like, basically, this is Trudy working her magic and just like, you know, she's got her parents around her little finger basically and they'll give her anything she wants and um they offer to sort of pay for the house and pete's like i don't want this i don't want this at all because he's like not in control right he's like he's, this is this is the point where yeah it's obvious that he has no kind of pull whatsoever and he's kind of yeah he's he's just there he's just along for the ride basically yeah i mean i think there's a there's a comment here on the roles in that it's very different for a daughter to ask her father for money than it is for a son to ask his father for money. Yeah. I think it's very much that whole, there's a, there is that gender thing there where it is like she, like daughters, um, are, you know, she will always be his baby girl, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Um, and he wants him and, uh, Pete actually want the exact same thing. They want to give her whatever she wants. Mm. Now, unfortunately, 
Pete can't give her what she wants. Well, Pete is trying to be the adult, but he is the child, right? In this scenario. But he can't really give her what she wants. No. Because what she wants is... A house. A house. An expensive apartment near the park. Yes. In Manhattan. Mm. And that's what she wants. And it's kind of like he can't give her that. And therefore, he doesn't want anyone else to be able to give her that. Yes. So... But the person who, of course, is going to give her exactly what she wants is her dad. dad, Yeah. Which is emasculating to him, of course. It is emasculating. And to nail that point home, Trudy's mom says, isn't that nice to be appreciated for what you do? (laughs) It's kind of pretty obvious throwing that in your face. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, But let's, let's... Oh yeah, we need to do. We need to do this. I keep. I, I really want to get to the Glenn thing, but um, oh my god, there's one more scene we need to talk about before we get to that. Um, so the scene when I guess it kind of just um, reiterates what we just said, where Pete and Trudy are on the ride home, and how Trudy always gets what she wants, and like Pete's kind of like just pissed off about it. It's like yeah, because it feels like to him everyone gets what they want. Well. I feel Up like, until this point, everyone else has got what they want apart from him. I I feel like, well, maybe, maybe, but what to me, what it was is like he, again, it's like what you were saying, where he's trying to, he's trying, he's trying so hard to be the man and sort of like give Trudy everything she wants, but really, Trudy can just take what she wants anyway. She's kind of, and if anything, she has. It's like. He's picked her, he's the man, he's kind of like, this is my wife, you know, almost like in an owning kind of way, like, I, I've, uh, yeah, I've, I've got this amazingly gorgeous wife and blah, 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 but really, it's the other way around, because, like she says, like, like he says to her, like, you go, you always get what you want, and she goes, yeah, and I've got you, and it's like, and that makes more sense in, with, with the characters, because, mm. like, whereas Pete is this kind of put upon, almost, um, what's the word, uh, um, emasculated guy. Yeah. And Trudy's just this kind of. She basically does whatever she wants, and just she's like really confident, and just really kind of she can ask for anything she wants, and yeah, she's just she's amazing. <laughs> um, um, yeah, she's uh, she's really cool. Um, what else did I want to say about that? I can't remember what I wanted to say now. Um, oh yeah, I, I really. It's not really about anything, but I like the bit where. Um, where Pete goes like what about me and then Trudy goes yeah but what about me and I just thought that was really cool it's like cutting kind of right to the point like um, but yeah let's move on to uh, let's move on to Glenn oh fuck can I just say right <laughs> this kid oh my god like what is this what is that so this is the scene where you are gonna make me understand what the fuck this is wrong with this child yes well, because I, so. I, I so I watched this and it's fucking so weird like is this the, <laughs> it's the same yeah is it is it the one he goes to the bathroom he comes into the bathroom and is it the same scene where she goes back downstairs and like switches off the telly and then he gives her some of her hair yeah I mean I was just like what the fuck <laughs> Betty what the fuck oh my god Glenn this he is, really... is gonna grow up to be the worst human being <laughs> I think this is really cool because I I I I think there's loads of stuff going on in this. I don't know, again, I don't know everything that's going on in it, but, like, things that leaped out at me were um, when you start the scene, uh, the two of them are sat on the sofa, 
but they're literally sat as far away from each other as they can possibly be, right? Yeah. And then um, Betty goes off to use the toilet, and I, <laughs> it's really cool how they do it because, like, basically she she snoops around, um, and that has its own little thing going on. But she snoops around, and then uh, you see her sort of like you know take down her pants mm-hmm. and sort of like you can tell that she's kind of like just about to squat and do all, do her business and stuff. So you're really aware of how um, vulnerable she is in that moment. And then, like, I love the way the door's, like, shaking. It's, like, terrifying, do you know what I mean? And he just opens the door and just stands there. And, but that's why it's so creepy. <laughs> but I think there, there is something interesting in this scene that you haven't mentioned. Girl. You know when she's snooping? Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. what she picks up? I don't know what that is. Yeah, what is that? That's a birth control box. Right, okay. So it's, uh, it'll have the pill in it. Right, okay. Um, so what that says is Helen is still out there having oh, sex oh okay um she is well, and, and that's a... sort of like because <laughs> in that drawer there's like cigarettes that's a proper like dirty right. girl drawer okay. <laughs> okay. like we've all got one like somewhere where it's you know if that was now you'd have like a vibrator <laughs> right. in there and like okay. some other stuff like but that's a, that's her dirty girl drawer and she right. goes in and she sees it and it's got her smokes and it's got her pill all right and it's like so it's she... interesting that she sort of clocks that and she yeah. sort of looks at it and she sort of touches it and then she no, yeah, puts, well, she pushes the drawer. So that's like a that's 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 like um, uh, Helen's uh, woman draw, let's mm-hmm. say. Like she's like a grown dirty girl draw. She's, 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 she's doing all her womanly things. <laughs> Actually, it sounds weird to say womanly, doesn't it? Uh, her dirty girl things, and um, and obviously it's kind of yeah. You, you're right. The way um, uh, uh, Betty reacts to it is like really sort of like revulsion, mm. sort of like. Almost like she's like a little girl, right? So she's Absolutely. Like, she's like, like terrified of it. And um, what, I, what, what? Also, what? What's cool about this is how, again, going back to that ladies' room episode, and how kind of the ladies' room is kind of, you know, it's this sacred sort of thing that people aren't supposed to go into. Mm-hmm. But, but fucking Glenn goes straight into it, and he's just standing there. And he's like fully with it. Like when you put that against something like the meeting with Rachel and Don where she like Rachel wouldn't let him in and like literally just walks off and like it's like really sort of stone cold to him and also with the divorced guy and he's like trying to get into the house and she's not letting him in whereas in this point Glenn just opens the door and just stands there yeah because she doesn't lock it but yeah I know I know but she, so, so so it's like she's kind of but he's basically he's broken into that mm-hmm. kind of that he got into her <laughs> he's got he's got he's got into her um I'm trying to think of a way of putting this without making it sound rude uh he's basically got to her um most vulnerable part I fuck it <laughs> make it that way you will um but what's uh, so then we go to the um and what's really cool also when they're first sitting on the sofa all the stuff that's on the TV is all like you know it's like a chase and there's all this kind of like foreboding music and it's like you know it's action scene and it's like really sort of almost violent and just kind of like angry mm-hmm. and then when um uh betty goes back into the room and she's all angry at um what's his name uh glenn she goes back into the room and she turns the tv off so yeah that, that noise isn't there anymore mm. and then she goes over she sits right next to him and she says i'm you know she's i'm really angry with you but then She's not angry with him. And then he gives her that hug and it's like this really affectionate scene. Mm. And it's just really weird how 
you know, she says earlier as well that she doesn't allow strange men in. And I feel like this is like a whole sort of... But she does let strange children in. (laughs) Well, let's just say like Glenn is like a man, like in this kind of uh, metaphorically he's a man in this point. And and she's kind of let him in. She's like literally, and he's like this, he's literally strange as fuck, right? And um, she's let him in. And um, then they give her, he gives her a little hug. Then she cuts off her hair just to kind of like, you know, sell this point that she's literally just kind of flirting with him now in some way. And it's kind of, I feel like it's like a, metaphorically, it's, it's her relationship with Don. And it's like, and it shows her off to be a child. And it also shows how much of a child Don is as well. Hmm. And that's kind of what I think we're supposed to take away from that scene is like how these two are just kids, basically. And she's like got her own issues. And Don's got his own issues. And that's kind of how they ended up being married. That's, <laughs> that's all I've got to say. Yeah, I mean, so the bathroom thing, I guess I was kind of like, it's it's the, that for me, it, that's the boundaries thing, isn't it? Like she, yeah. she doesn't expect any threat from like a child. Well, no. She she sees herself as the authoritarian. And fair, again, yeah. it's a it's there's an authority like the roles here like she is the the role isn't she is the woman and he she he is the man necessarily at this point. Yeah. The role is he is the child and yeah. she is the mother. It's or true. the surrogate mother or whatever you want to call her the babysitter. Yeah, yeah. She is in local parentis. So she takes control of that situation because she's like, well, I'm the parent at the at this present time. Yeah. She frog marches. She does everything that a parent should do. Yeah. But then he switches the roles and he suddenly becomes a man because he asks her. Oh, yeah. He asks her for a piece of herself <laughs> and she gives it to him. She literally <laughs> takes a pair of scissors, yeah. cuts off a piece of her hair and gives it to him. So this is kind of And like... he holds it in his hand and he's stroking it. <laughs> and it's so weird. And you're just like, oh my God, this kid will be a serial killer someday. <laughs> but I think it's very much like that's what Betty does. Is it's like she tries to be like, you know, I am the authority. I'm in charge. Yeah. But then when the thing is she also something. finds it difficult to say like, you know, she could have just gone, no, you can't have a piece of my hair. But she gives her a piece she, him a piece of herself she finds it difficult to be um a, what's the word what's the word when you <laughs> i've totally forgotten the word i'm trying to help you out and i've totally forgotten it now uh what's the word when you uh um when you're firm and you're assertive assertive yeah that's the word uh she's trying to be assertive and she just isn't um yeah yeah uh what was I going to say? There was, there was another thing that she did as well. Well, it, it's more the fact that... So, it, going back to the whole New Amsterdam thing, um, where, you know, she looks like the parent... Like you say, like mm. she looks like the, the authority and he looks like the child, but underneath it all, they're pretty much evenly matched sort of thing. Mm. And they're both little children. They both don't know what they're doing. But the thing is, what the, what what's echoing there to me is like he is the future. Right. Like the way that she behaves towards him is going to dictate who he is in the years to come. Yeah. And I think that's what it's saying is it's like New Amsterdam became New York 
and it's like but what comes next and i think that is what's touched upon in the end of this episode okay, it's yeah. all about what comes next well yeah and it's like you've got glenn who's like the future yeah and you've got people like betty who cut off pieces of their hair for him <laughs> when he's just like literally come and perved over them in the bathroom <laughs> and then you've got people like pete who are you know can't please the old and can't please the new either. Yeah. And he's sort of like, but he is he is the youngest person at the firm, and he is going to be the future. Oh yeah. And that's what I think comes at the end of this episode. Is it's like that's what people struggle. People struggle to please the old and then accept the new. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, so we speaking of Peter, uh, Peter wines and dines Walter with girls. So this is yeah, this is what I was saying before about how uh, the this is a whole sort it kind of almost parallels the family thing where family is business so in this scene pete has introduced um walter the 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 uh, bethlehem in, the, the bethlehem steel guy to these um i don't know his cousin he calls them his cousins mm. i don't think they're his cousins they're not his cousins right okay they're just very pretty women right mm-hmm. uh and um they're probably prostitutes pro- yeah i mean i didn't want to say but you know, yeah. oh, sorry sex workers not sex workers yeah um yeah so uh i yeah i don't think there's much to say about it apart from the fact that this is the bit where pete kind of does what he feels like he's good at and tries to sell this idea and does quite well at it apparently because um yeah, we'll get back to that later. Um, Helen returns. So there's a, there's a little interstitial scene after that where Helen goes back home and gives um, Betty that leaflet. Yeah. Which I don't know what I don't know what to think about that because that's kind of I don't know. It's I don't know what to think about that apart from if you so she gives him this leaflet which has this um and you know this is. This is just me making stuff off the top of my head, but she gives him this leaflet, and oh, she gives this leaflet to to Betty. Sorry, and the leaflet is of John F. Kennedy, and it's kind of quite a. It's about politics. It's quite grown up. Yeah. Blah blah. blah. Uh, and then she goes home, and Don is asleep after with his little drawing on his, <laughs> on his thing. Yeah. And then she picks it up and puts it down, and I feel like the two things kind of juxtapose each other if I can use that word yeah um I don't know what it is I don't know what it but means but she doesn't but I think it is a, a case of um what's interesting is she gives she gives that leaflet to Betty yeah and she's almost like saying look you have a choice here you can make a decision and she says something along the lines of I'll be sure to read it which is oh, yeah. what people say when they're, not gonna when they're never gonna read something <laughs> right. um and then she goes home. Yeah. But what's interesting about that scene is that any normal person, like yeah. if my boyfriend fell asleep with a notepad on his chest, yeah. I would 100% pick up the notepad and then read what he'd done or okay. like look at it. But she doesn't even look at it. She doesn't, know. She just puts it to one side. And that's, I think, that's she knows that's not her job. And it's like people are trying to... It's almost like Helen's trying to change her role for her, saying like you can... You know, and she's like, oh, just pay no. attention, sort of thing. Yeah, just pay attention. Just, just look at this. She's not even bothered. See what's there right in front of you. Right. Okay. Okay. And she just won't. She just doesn't want to see it. Fair enough. 
because it's like that's really really hard for her okay and then it transitions to uh the the next meeting the the repitch oh this is where it all kicks (laughs) off isn't it yeah it goes a bit weird after this isn't it it's like a total shift in the show isn't it because yeah well it gets it just ramps up the pace quite a lot here and it's sort of i mean so this is the one thing i sort of did look up a little bit on this episode is the change that they make so they make so they they go for like a religious connotation with the whole new advert don't they it's it's a little town of bethlehem new york a little town of bethlehem and again it's like i think with don here the thing that he's thinking is he he blatantly ignores what the advice that he's been given yeah which is i don't want it to be about the big picture i want it to be about the product i want it to be about the thing yes. i want it to be the commodity oh yeah and he presents him with religion effectively it's... oh yeah okay which is sort of like you know he presents him with a story and he doesn't want the story wow yeah. and it's kind of like i think there's a there's a huge thing that you could unpick there which i was a little like unsure of wow yeah. but no yeah. no I, th- I think you're totally that's but, totally true yeah i didn't even literally miss that way over my head it's I, just one of those it's it was just quite interesting to me that he because he does because i mean I, obviously i'm not i'm not a steel manufacturer looking to promote but <laughs> i i thought that was weak but i could see he's doing a clever play on his name obviously on bethlehem yeah. steel but it's kind of like it's still it doesn't listen he's not he first of all don don isn't listening to him yeah the way that don doesn't listen to anyone yep and i think second of all it's like it goes back to that conversation that he had with betty where i got it wrong and it's like the only things worth talking about are politics religion and yeah, sex yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like so he turns it into something he turns it from the politics well, of a city i guess when it was just Bethlehem Steel and they were just trying to sell steel it's like this um, this no named sort of uh, it could be any so you know going back to this idea of love right mm. I'm not saying it is love but like this idea of a thing that kind of binds everything together or a thing that kind of this thing that's underneath us all this thing that's uh, the, 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 a spirit or yeah like a spirit or like a what what is fundamentally a human being right so what's me, what's you, like, how do we distinguish between those things? Right? Yeah. Um, at the beginning of the episode, that is kind of like, it's just a thing and there's no real label put off on it. There's no name. There's not, there's like, it's just a thing. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get to Old Little Town of Bethlehem, we're talking about, um, we're giving things like, we're talking about souls, basically. We're talking about, you know, how, we're talking about, uh, we're giving reason or we're giving meaning to these things that we don't really know how to talk about. So we 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 build entire stories around them. And as this whole episode kind of goes towards the end, yeah, there's a lot more talk about religion and talk about God. And there's a really cool one that I don't know if you noticed it, but like it's the one it's the one thing I can say. Wow, that's really cool. I had never seen that before, mm-hmm. and it makes so much more sense after hearing all that stuff about Little Town of Bethlehem mm. that you just said. Um, we will get to it. Um, but yeah, that's that's really cool. I'd never never thought about that before. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because I mean, I think, you know, when you think of Oh Little Town of Bethlehem, 
it's all about the birth of Jesus. It's all yeah. about that. There's a child connotation in there oh, yeah, as well. Is, yeah. It's like the birth. It's like totally. creation of something. But again, it's it's not what he's asking for. And he goes back to the the backbone idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The actual sort of physical kind of. Uh, something you can understand sort of thing and he thinks what's interesting is he thinks Don's playing a game with him he thinks that he's like selling him this half ass pitch so then he can pitch because he because he because Walter believes in the roles as well and he knows that Don is the ideas person yeah and Pete is the people pleaser yeah and it's like so he's he thinks it's all a game and he's like this is that's the idea that I want I like that I like that one what does he say don't sell me an idea that you don't believe in or something like that yeah yeah and it's kind of like again it's it's that expectation and the, and the thing is you can see Don's Don's face is like he's like oh it's the one that he told me about in the bar last night and as soon as he says that you can see funnily enough Don's back is up yeah because like, the backbone of this company <laughs> is exactly not that yeah it's exactly not Pete pitching ideas in a bar of yeah, all places totally, yeah, totally. um that's a new way of thinking that pete has come up with <laughs> yeah. and is you know that's that's like a thing but it makes that, i guess going with the backbone of the company does make more sense like that as a as a as a pitch because it is it's much more tactile it's much more understandable it's, it's real as opposed to you know and i'm not trying to upset anyone but like this idea of religion which you know which one do you want to go with? Do you know what I mean? It's like religion is a, essentially something invented by people to kind of explain things we don't understand. Whereas a backbone is something that we've all got and we can all feel at least. Well, the backbone is the bone that makes everything else work. Yeah. And I think that's where he goes, it's not a finished product. It's not the birth of a new child. It's not, It's none of those things. It's not the birth of something. It's not the finished product. It's, it's the thing that makes everything work. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's the truth. It's it's there. It's like we can all see it. Mm. And Don doesn't really like the truth. No, he doesn't. Oh, it goes back to that whole thing of lies as well, doesn't it? Fucking old man. Yes, yeah, it's, it's some deep shit. <laughs> it really um, is. But yeah, I think uh, you know Don's reaction is just amazing. Yeah. Like I just love how he's like. I want you yeah. to come and get a cardboard box and put yeah. all your stuff in it without even flinching. Yeah, because it's because it makes him so incredibly angry because everything that's happened to Pete in that episode up to that point, he has just done to Don. Yeah. yeah. He has emasculated him. Although no one knows about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, yeah. he's emasculated and Don's reaction isn't Pete's what Pete does, which is just sit there and sort of deal with it. Yeah. He just gets rid of he the gets, problem. Yeah, he does. He, yeah. Is, he is cutthroat in this. And then that. he goes running to his dad. Yes. And then his wow. dad goes running to his, his dad. dad. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, I never again, never got that. <laughs> That's really cool. Um uh wow, so so Don Fives Yeah, so what 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 about the bit where Pete throws everyone out of his office? I guess he throws out the idea of he throws out that Bob Newhart record out of his office, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like throwing out the idea of being a man on his own. There was a thing that we didn't mention about that is that didn't at one point doesn't someone say, "Oh, he used to be a oh, he used a, to be a, uh, an accountant, an accountant, yeah. yeah." And it's like that whole thing if you can become anything you want to become, and no one is giving Pete that opportunity. And I think that's what almost like what makes him 
so angry with that that record right. and what i love is that the girl behind the desk just like yeah. looks at it and then just carries on working like it's just like oh another one's having a paddy like oh just deal with it. again it's the ch- it's the child thing i didn't even think about it. it's the child reaction isn't oh, it oh yeah, yeah to like proper yeah. that's Stamp the kind of feet. thing i would have done when i was nine like, have a if little I was tantrum angry. yeah yeah have a little tantrum <laughs> and then the mum or the the figure who's really in charge just sort of ignores it yeah it's just like not dealing with that oh my god yeah it's very clever. Wow, really cool. Uh, yeah, so so and also it feels like he's throwing out this this idea of him being his own person. Like he's he's, yeah, he's throwing out this idea of like of 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 doing the thing that he wants to do because like I feel like because that's such a good idea, the backbone thing. And he's basically been told, don't do that. Like, he's found something he's good at. And he's been told, like, you can't do that. You have to go back to being doing the thing that you hate. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not. <laughs> he's been told that he can't do anything now because he's been fired. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. Um, and then Don, yeah, so then Don goes to his dad, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, I never really thought about that because that 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 scene's very short, and it's literally him. He says he says to he says to Roger, um, "Remember the day when Pete um, when Pete got fired? That's today." Which is a weird sentence to say because I I don't know. It, it suggests that they've had a conversation about this. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I don't know. That 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 one is kind of hard to figure out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it might just be a turn of phrase. Like, I don't you know, think it is. He goes in, he <laughs> sort of says, "I'm going to be a sarky bastard." I, he's he, throwing his toys out the pram, isn't he? And it's like, what's great is Roger just totally he's like that little shit. Yeah, yeah. Hello, <laughs> I'm like it's all all the dramas coming out. Now. Um, so good. You say you say things a turn of phrase. I'd say if it was any other show, I'd say you're right, yeah. but not this show. I, there's something behind that. I just don't know what it is. Um, and then we get a shot of uh, this. So this is really cool. Uh, so you get the shot of Pete, like basically in tears. Uh, and then, so something I didn't mention earlier, when Pete was at his parents, so when he's asking for money with his parents, um, his mom brings over a coaster and like the camera sort of like focuses on, on this coaster as she puts it down and then he uses the coaster to begin with and he's kind of like when he's asking for money and he's being all nice then when his dad's really dickish to him he gets really angry and mm. just like slams the the whiskey glass yeah, on yeah. the table um but also when when we get this shot of pete crying um he's got the whiskey jar and he just put it on the floor and there's nothing else there I don't know if that's any kind of that means anything, but I, I just thought that was an interesting juxtaposition. The second time I've used that word today. Yeah. Um, from one couch to another. From one couch to another. <laughs> yes. Then we join uh, Betty in therapy. Yes. Basically, bitching about Helen. Well, this is so. This I think this is really cool. This this little speech that she makes because she kind of talks about Betty. She, she talks about. Um, uh, Helen at first mm. and then she starts talking about Helen's kid but really she's talking about Pete Betty is talking about Pete yes in the terms of the show okay, she says stuff about how he's not that kid isn't getting what he did. well she's talking about everyone I guess she's talking about all the characters on the show where she says like that child isn't getting what she needs mm-hmm. or what he needs mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I just thought that was interesting um, there's probably more stuff there that I 
can't I can't pick out. But I think she's yeah, I think she's actually talking about Glenn. Uh, she's talking about Pete, sorry. Not Glenn. But I think she's also I think it's when you talk about people in therapy, as you mostly do, I think a lot of what you say I don't know, do you? Have you never been to therapy? So, I mean, I did my first into therapy last year. And I think what's interesting about therapy is you sort of... And what is happening in this scene is it's like you're almost... There's a part of you that's almost like talking about... She's almost talking about herself. Yeah. Like, I think she's almost like, this child's not getting what she needs. Yeah. But what... She's, she's, she's assuming that she's giving her children everything that she needs. But I think... We haven't seen her kids the entire episode. Yeah, totally, yeah. And there's something about that that's like... She, so when she takes the dog out for a walk, she just she leaves the kids behind. When she, 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 she leaves the kids when she goes to look after Glenn. Yeah, she just... And so she, it's almost like she can see the problems in other people. Yeah. And it's like it's almost like she's getting to the problems. In us. It, and again, it's that whole issue of like... You, you can see the picture of someone else's family and their own relationships. You can see the picture of the steel as Manhattan, but you can't see the bones. You can't see, yeah, underneath. You can't see the backbones. You can't see your own backbones yeah. and what, what they actually offer. But, and, and, you know, the absence of her children in this episode is, is clearly there for a reason. You say bones and I'm like, yeah, that makes more sense than love. Anyway. Bones. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so... Yeah, I that whole the her talking about um, Helen. I wish I could watch it again because I kind of I think she says a lot of stuff in that in in that speech. But yeah, I think she. I think it's it, also timing wise and pacing wise is the perfect part of the show where you sort of reflect on what's going on before. Mm. But I'm really kind of interested. I'm gonna have to watch it again because I'm really interested to see how that kind of ties into this whole idea of uh, religion. Yeah. Which I think is really, really important towards the end. Um, uh, but anyway, before we get to that, uh, Roger and Don visiting Cooper. I love Cooper. Can I just say, I love that they do that whole thing where they get outside his office and they take their shoes off. Yeah. And they go in and he's got the fucking samurai and he's like, just sat there. Like not, he's clearly like not doing anything. There is no papers on his desk. Yeah. Right. He's doing fuck all. <laughs> it's interesting that well so again back to that whole thing of religion mm. and them taking their shoes off like I don't know you take your shoes off when you go into a mosque that's right? correct yes so and then the fact that you know <laughs> Cooper is this well he's the god effectively man. isn't he <laughs> he is head, old man, in yeah. that office he is the god yeah. and it's like they're all religious characters like they're all there's his disciples and then there's you know the followers I guess and it's all this constructed made up thing like a that, that the office is like this constructed made up thing like a religion yeah and yeah and isn't it weird right and I can't remember if this is entirely right but isn't it like Peter that betrays Jesus. Oh yeah. <laughs> like by not. Is it no? It's not Peter. It's Judas. But no, no, no but, it's no, not. Peter, Peter he, does the thing. Doesn't he, he doesn't like say his name or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, or he, yeah. he pretends he doesn't know him, doesn't he, or something. Yeah. There's like something there. He doesn't say. Yeah. He. Someone asks him like three times. He denies knowing him, he doesn't, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like. 
maybe there's been three incidents in the episode. I don't know. Like maybe we're really stretching right now, <laughs> but it's kind of fun. So, you know, but I, I think you're right. I think there is something in that where they, they go to the highest power that there is. Yeah. Um, and cool. it's, and it's so like, oh, that's amazing. And the, and the highest power, they sit there and they listen to him do this whole speech about, about wristwatches. Yeah. Yeah. and etc etc yeah. and he effectively tells them what Pete's role is yeah like the thing that Pete is trying to figure out you're he just, tells he just flat out tells them what it is you're just here to make us look good to all these um, different country houses and um, all these um, high society bars and stuff yeah that's really yeah and it's like he just knows the answer to it and it's like everyone else is like this isn't how it's done blah 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 and he's like well perhaps not but this is why he's here. Yeah. But, and then that's it. That's, that's your, that's his role in that whole thing. And like, he'll never get out of it. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Because he said, he even says to Dan, he's sort of like, you understand how important to this company you are. Yeah. And he, that's his role. He, well, at one point he says that like, um, uh, I think, uh, Don tries to contradict him because he says, um, I, yeah, he says, I, uh, Cooper says, "If you want to see how the sausage is made in the kitchen," and then Don says, "I thought it was a, I thought it was a clock." Called, yeah, uh, yeah. I thought it was a clock, and then, then uh, Cooper says to him, "Well, you just write the words." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and that's it. And then, uh, yeah. So he's putting, he's literally put him in his place. Um, you handle the words. That's what he says. Um, and then, as they're leaving the place. Uh, Cooper starts whistling. Um, oh, this um, what's the what's the knickknack paddy whack? Give a dog a bone. This song. Yes, <laughs> yes. I I clocked that and I was like, I was like, exactly. That is what he does. That's Basically, his role. Just like you know, dangling a little carrot and just kind of like there you go. Uh, go on, go on with your life and stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. It's good. Um, okay, so then we see Roger uh, going to Pete to kind of like have a go at him basically um which is so this seems really cool and i kind of I was reading a review of it in um sorry read you know the reviews in uh av club uh, no but go ahead so av clubs this so the reason i kind of like the reason i'm even interested in doing this is because i used to read like the reviews of each episode in av club because okay. they sort of go and I, at the time, I thought, they get everything right. Wow, they've, they've pointed out all this stuff. Now I look at it and I go, they got everything wrong. Nah. <laughs> anyway, but in this, there's, there is one thing they pointed out, which is really cool, where as... So Pete... So if you think about the shot, the... As Pete and... Um, as Roger's telling Pete off and sort of saying, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, Don's going to be your boss now. Yeah, gonna, yeah. If you look at the shot of them got Pete and Roger in the foreground like mm. really close up and then right in the background is um, Don like mm-hmm. almost diminished and he looks like shorter than everybody else and he's just kind of looking up at them like mm. this and it's kind of like it's it shows the real power in that room and even though Don's supposed to be this kind of and literally um, Roger's putting him in this powerful position he's like giving him all this power he's saying like you know Pete you always answer to 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 um to Don and you call you call him sir and all this kind of stuff, but really, because Roger's given him that power, in that scene, Don has no power whatsoever. Like 
he has no he's got no power over Roger. He's definitely got no power over Pete because like obviously he can't even fire him. And it's just kind of does that make sense? Do yeah. you see that? Well, I, I, it's interesting because I didn't pick that up from the scene. I picked up. So my big question around that scene was why would Roger go in and say if it wasn't for Don, you wouldn't be here? And well, then, and then I think my thoughts on that was that's Roger's role. So mean? oh right to yeah so so Roger is the is kind of the peacekeeper so he goes he sort of so Don comes to see him yeah. he agrees with Don he's a little shit blah blah, blah. they mm. go and see Cooper Cooper you know strokes Don's ego a bit blah mm. blah blah Roger's job is to keep the peace it's almost like his job is not he could have gone in and asserted his authority and said like you two are going to work together yeah but I think he plays his own game. Well, I, I think, so, I, I feel, are you saying, because what I, what, I, what I got from that is that Roger is almost like, almost like he's keeping the status quo. So, obviously, Don is supposed to be Pete's boss, even though Pete has more power, right, essentially. So, in order to keep that the way they want it to be, he tells Pete, that this guy looked after him and he's looking out for you. So now Pete is always going to look at Rod, uh, Pete is always going to look at Don as this kind of, you know, someone almost like a savior. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> There's that whole religious connotation again. Um, so he basically said like, he fought, he literally says like, he, he sacrificed himself for you. He kind of, he, he, he fought for you in there. Um, and it's kind of, yeah, so he—it's almost like. But it's Don who fired him, and he knows that. He knows that, yeah, he does know that. But at the same time, he doesn't know what happened be- behind closed doors. No, absolutely not. But the thing is, so at that point, all three of them have been emasculated because Roger willingly emasculates himself. Yeah. To boost Don. Oh yeah. Well. And it's because he, yeah, he does because he basically says, "I went in, I wanted to sack oh, you, yeah, he does, yeah. but Don, <laughs> yeah. who is you know this godlike figure, yeah. Don saved your ass, yeah. and therefore you know if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't be here." As if yeah. to say, "I was overruled by Don, yeah. despite the fact that he's my subordinate." Wow, and it's kind of like I think it's that whole triangle of like with Roger. Roger is sort of like. He's sort of the person who's on everyone's side. Yeah. He's the person who he kind of keeps... He's the glue, if you like, of the team. Like, if it wasn't for him, he probably says a different thing to every person that comes into his office. Like, you can't really believe who he is. Yeah. Because he's just there to sort of make sure... Make the peace, yeah. Yeah. Keep the status quo. Exactly. And his... Yeah, so by doing that, he, he... and also, I mean, he's in a position where he's in a room with two people who have just been emasculated. Yeah. And so he just he just joins the group. So this is it. This is So you're right. So, like, all that religious talk is fascinating because it all kind of ties into this next bit where Roger and Don are sitting around and, they're, and like, Roger's kind of just slagging off kids, right? Kids yeah. today. Um, yeah. Tell me. You tell me because, like, I'm kind of... By this point, I've literally kind of... I'm just processing this now. <laughs> well, you've just seen... I mean, you've almost seen... If you include Glenn, you've always seen the whole span because Cooper's got to be, what, pretty old. Yeah. Glenn is obviously very young. And it, 
the whole thing of like New Amsterdam was the very start, yeah. the very beginning, and it's changed from New York, and it's about the changing. <clears throat> it's about the changing generations and how the roles change and how the rules change as yeah. a result of the roles changing, and we're starting to see that a little bit. Right. And I feel like everyone is sort of stuck. I mean, you know, you have these conversations with people every day of your life where you're like, oh, you know, isn't it? sad that kids spend all their time on digital media yeah, or on like yeah, their yeah. phones yeah, all day exactly. and stuff kids and it's like well, exactly and it's that kind of thing whereas I think it's Don's biggest fear is that he someday isn't going to be yeah. this hotshot early 30s you know yeah. Madison Avenue ad man he's mm. not going to be that anymore because there's somebody who's crawling up behind him ready to take his place yeah. and Pete is that person who, yeah. who wants to be the next Don Draper and it's like that's what everyone's afraid of yeah. I think it's that whole thing of you know everyone's afraid of what comes next because they won't know what their place is anymore yeah and people get into it in such a weird way where they they are they're really only there for well here, in the, at the beginning of this scene, um, Roger says, I bet daily friendship with that bottle attracts more people to advertising than any uh, salary you could dream of, right? Mm. And I feel like what he's saying there, like, so if we take sort of things like fags and, oh, sorry, cigarettes to, if there's any <laughs> Americans listening, um, cigarettes and booze and uh, whatever else, all these different... Um, distractions they're they really are just they're just distractions to keep people away from thinking about the bigger pictures and the the, the you know the, the depressing things that their lives are so and in this case he's talking specifically about booze and in the same way that people um go to church to kind of like not think about well they they are thinking about it but really they they're not actually thinking about what the the gulf that is you know who are we why why are we here we're Mm. being we're being told why we're here we're Mm. not really sort of like having to sort of engage with it we're just kind of like taking this idea which could be true if there's any christians out there i don't want to offend anyone but uh it might not be um and we're being told that and we're sort of like um i feel like that's kind of what that that sentence is getting at it's like this idea that um people they ask the people don't ask these questions they try to avoid these questions mm. and they try to avoid these questions they try to avoid w- who we are and what we're doing in the universe by just sort of um latching onto a simple explanation right mm. um and the reason so i feel like this um scene is really really deeper than than it initially appears because right at the end of the scene, um, I can't remember what he says, but um, uh, he's, I think was it, um, Don says something and then Roger kind of hands him the glass, mm-hmm. the thingy glass, and then um, Don picks it up, Don, so Don grabs it and that picture is basically... Um, the Michelangelo picture of God touching the hand. Ah. <laughs> and I was like, and, 
and it literally was like I, I it kind of it seemed a bit jarring the first time I saw it because I was like where did that come from do you know what I mean it's like a massive thing when you talk about Bethlehem it kind of like hit me that oh no that was totally deliberate and it's all there through the whole it's even like it starts off at the beginning like so in the first scene or in the first scene that you see um Walter the 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 Bethlehem steel guy he talks about how he um he no Don says to him something about like reading Psalms instead mm. of going out mm. so it's like you know it's this reference to the Bible right that early on so it's there all the way through the episode yeah, I just really never is. noticed it um but yeah that's that's really really cool yeah it's awesome um and let's talk about the last scene now because we're almost two hours <laughs> Oh my it's god. It's just to be an hour. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, All right. There's too much to talk about. Well, I mean, for me, this scene is, again, it's like pretty much Pete being told what his role is. It's yeah. kind of like this is where the family comes into it. It's like, so his they go to this apartment, every, everyone's there, and Trudy takes over. Yeah. And the thing that she talks about is Pete's family and yeah. why they're such a and they're yeah, all excited. Yeah, she talks to about have, it as well. Yeah, they're they're excited to have a a Campbell on the in the building or yeah, whatever yeah. that neighbor says. And it's like, and then that that lovely last shot of Pete like looking out over the city. Over the city, yeah. and it's just. I mean, it, it's kind of like everyone got what they want and, apart yeah, from Pete. And also, Pete is literally there being used for his name. Nobody cares about him nobody cares about his new Amsterdam they like you said before they, they just care about what they you know what they can use him for yeah um, yeah that's and even his wife who I think he thought I think he I think that this is the point where he realizes he has zero control yeah. of, over anything <laughs> like because he you know believed that his wife married him for love or respect or whatever and yeah. it's you know, those things might be there, yeah. but I think the name is such a big thing. Like, if he didn't have the name, like, when his father says that line, like, his name has given him everything he has. Yeah. And he's had nothing on his own. <laughs> which is very depressing. It is. Yes. Yeah, to, kind of... to think about even in your fancy apartment. Yeah. On 83rd Street. I'm going to leave you with that um, thought that, you know, you're probably just being used by your spouse. And they don't love you. I mean, that's how my, me and my boyfriend are totally. We just we just use each other. Um, well, I, we, we don't really. I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> don't break up with me. I've got, I've got to say, like, I really enjoyed that. It was fun. Um, I learned loads of stuff. Uh, me too. Um, and that was fun. Uh, so we're going to come back next week, I guess. Yep. We will see you next week for another episode of Old Fashioned Breakdown. And don't forget, Sopranos is Ha <laughs> ha